Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is sponsored by LowPay, the low-rate payment app that gives you more. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome, everyone. Happy Friday, Friday morning. I'm struggling to remember the days this week. Uh, it's a bit, of a bit of a blur. But welcome, Friday morning, and uh, if you're watching this, give us a thumbs up. If you're listening to this on the podcast, please make sure you leave us a review and uh, share it with your friends. So welcome. We are joined by Fern and Sarah from the iPet Network. Welcome to you both. How are you doing? Hey, yeah. Very well, thank you. <laughs> Great. And uh, you're, you're at home, Fern. You're on holiday, Sarah, is that right? Yeah, you can call it holiday. No, we're not. <laughs> nice and nice and busy as always in the in the iPad network world. <laughs> nice, nice. So um, you've been uh, you've been around longer than I have. So I wanted to bring you into the uh, onto the group and into the podcast to learn a little bit about iPad and how it's grown over the years. So what year was uh, iPad brought brought into fruition? When did you start it? I just feel I need to say I've not been around as long as you, Bill. There was a lot of love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just in the animal world, baby. But um, so iPet actually came um, into, into being in 2020 as an awarding organisation. But prior to that, um, iPet Network was a group of training providers and we worked with another awarding organisation. Uh, and prior to that, um, Sarah and I have both got um, Four Paws Groom Schools, mm. which are training schools. So there's been a journey for us across different sectors to get to where we are now with, with iPet Network. Oh, and so what brought you into the, the animal industry, the pet grooming world? Again, for, for me, I was I came from a very commercial type of background, um, HR, quality, um, quality assurance, training. And again, I think anybody that's in this industry always has a passion from a from a young age into into dogs and welfare. And again, I can remember when I was literally like six, seven, I had I didn't have boy posters on or take that posters. I had pictures of dogs and whatever else. So again, for me, it was I had a fantastic opportunity. Um, had enough of the commercial world. Always been interested in dogs. Always done stuff in the background, and they got different training qualifications in in animals and, and stuff like that. But again, you need to pay the, the bills. And then I was fortunate to be able to say, like, I've had enough. I'm coming out of the commercial world and uh, met Fern. And I think that was seven years ago. Um, And as they say, the rest is history. We we just we just clicked and um, had a fortunate opportunity to go in and work as a a tutor. And and then, yeah, we just we just yelled and said we can do this better. Um, And that's what we've been done, been doing ever since, really. Yeah, just my my personal journey was it was a, a, a bit earlier than that I think that um I at the grand old age of 23 I decided I wasn't working for the man anymore and it was definitely going to be <laughs> a girl's world um I actually had I think a, a familiar story for a lot of people is I had the dog that changed my life and that is is a big one I think that a lot of people have that um always grown up grown up on a farm We've always had dogs, family dogs, but it's very, very different when you have that dog, which is yours. And um, I went through a tough time personally. I moved into my my own house and um, 
uh, after a relationship breakdown and I got this dog and she was just wonderful and I just wanted to spend all my time with her so um that meant really well I need to make a change and I actually went to see uh, a doggy daycare center for her to go to because I had a a good job at the time I was working in marketing that's my background um and I thought well I went to see this doggy daycare center I was like gosh I could do that. And um, from, a, from a family point of view, went back to the family farm and started the, this doggy daycare centre, which then evolved quite rapidly into grooming and um, into sort of other services, dog walking. We had a pet taxi, lo- lots of different things worked really sort of across all the services. Um, grooming probably was the one that, that has kind of obviously carried us forward the most. Um, and I think that that's been brilliant because actually it's probably quite scalable, which is where um, what we found with the daycare centre is that you, you're very much stuck in one location. We had a boarding kennels that you've got to really invest huge amounts to try and set those up in different places. Um, but grooming actually can start from um, a fairly sort of small, small acorn to, to, to grow. And I think that that was absolutely brilliant. And Sarah really was was probably one of my game changers. Um, I didn't see myself needing a partner, didn't see myself really, yeah, I was, I was quite happy. I was doing whatever I wanted to do. And then Sarah really, for me, kind of inspired the next step. And actually it was like, right, um, like Sarah said, as, as, as a partnership, we are um, much stronger. What else can we do together? Uh, we're very, very different characters, sort of chalk and cheese at times, but we get on brilliantly. Like we're just, uh, we just, we laugh because we both have husbands, but also each other. And that's, you know, my work wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but- to, to the point where actually it was my, my actual anniversary this week and, and I took out Sarah and Gordy to come with us as well. So it was like we, we had a, a proper team out and it was lovely. So. <laughs> And it's that mixture, isn't it? It's the the passion for pets, but then you've got Sarah's commercial background, you've got your marketing background, and when you actually network and and bring that mixture of skills and um, knowledge and experience together, that's what then makes that awesome partnership, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And again, just thinking about different people, uh, like points of view, and I think because we have got so much experience within different types of sectors, again, it just brings something that I might have learned 10 years ago again just brings to the forefront when you when you're dealing with business and ultimately yeah obviously we we all love animals we all love dogs and stuff but ultimately we we're we're trying to run a successful business as well so again it's it's that it is that continued learning you you, you, we always go on a journey every week feels like a journey (laughs) yeah I think that that's yeah one of the things is that things evolve and things have a life cycle as well which I think is is really important to remember is that um it's not it's not a a never-ending treadmill there are points that you have to get off and try something different which I always find when we have conversations Bill that actually that point that people sometimes miss and actually that you need to make these changes you need to do something different and you don't have to stay doing the same thing constantly it is evolving yeah, yeah do the same it's not, thing it's not a failure it's it's a it's an evol- evolving isn't it it's a yeah, evolution of, of of activity or or, or whatever yeah. it may be that's it and you know, i always say you know if you do the same thing you get the same outcomes or you know you, you do the same mistakes and but then i always say, also say it's only a failure if you carry on if you if you if you fall down but then carry on doing the same thing then that's obviously like you, you you've got to change it up that's sort yeah. of failing isn't it but if you don't fail in business unless you just carry on doing the same thing yeah and I think that for us like so as we kind of it can be a bit um, chaotic in our story sometimes because there's been so much in I'm going to say a relatively short period of time 15 years I've worked in the animal care sector um which um you know it's it's, it's 
you know it's a long time but equally not a long time and in that time that you know we've actually set up 10 different businesses we've you know and I, I, I've had four children we've had five dogs between us there's been lots of life things that have kind of happened um, but where we are personally now with, with iPet Network iPet Network really is um, a focal point for Sarah and I which came out of that evolution process and so we worked with another award and organisation and if you're not happy about something then you can do, try and do it yourselves and that really was a, a big thing for us it took two years to get through the off-goal process so we have our training schools and we know what people want commercially out of their dog grooming training but equally what we want as an industry to be able to improve things and again I know we're very much on the same page with this bill that we want people to actually build lives that are that are good out of it as well so it's great we all love our dogs we love our pets we want the absolute best for them but equally we want the best for our people as well and we don't want them to be like you know earning minimum wage and, and actually struggling through that because that that isn't the goal here the, the goal is to have a good life for everybody and I think that that's where the things that we've done kind of fit really nicely into that and our kind of key process at the moment is is through this education that people can raise their own standards along with the the animal welfare standards and that's a huge part for me yeah it's being proud of their careers isn't it it's their journey and being proud of um, obviously what they put on their CV and uh, Fern and I always joke everybody within the iPad team or the 4Paws team are always doing some sort of qualification um, say I did a level two in uh, data processing and GDPR it was the most driest subject in the world but I know that I've got it on my CV I've ticked the box with the qualification I've done that study um, and that is continuous like everybody within the whole of our group of businesses are, are doing some sort of CPD qualifications and again it's that but it's broadening that that scope as well so again if, you, if you've got the the dog grooming qualification there is so much more that you can do from from business to like GDPR to um yeah all sorts of stuff that we we do um but again it's having that that constant drive to be able to say i'm going to to better in this subject area or that subject area and and again it's one of those things that only takes a little something from a qualification or from like cpd or doing your sessions that actually then a light bulb moment flicks and you think ah that is that's that it. is going to change that's that's what i can do that's what i can pursue that's what can improve things and that's where I suppose we're constantly having that the, those conversations, those networking as part of our um, strategic objectives for 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 IPEI. It is all about networking. It's all about making those connections because actually those connections will have those light bulb moments and bounce off each other and and thinking, well, actually, are we doing the right things or are we pursuing the right sort of sector? Um, are we creating the right qualification for the industry? So it's really important to have those yeah those connections and, and and that continued learning really this podcast is sponsored by low pay low pay is half the price of sum up and zettle so you keep more of the money that you earn rates start at 0.79 percent well i think i think people can bring a lot from um looking at your partnership you know and they can bring that into their business themselves and you you're right to say like ipet network it's a network and i really do believe that business shouldn't be done on your own and i'm not talking about um hiring team members because some people are quite fearful about hiring staff but even if it's just networking with other business um owners or bringing partners or you know like myself a mentor or coach bringing these people into your business just to share ideas share grumps like 
Grimes and Grimes with, I went out for coffee earlier with someone talking about business, but it's that networking side of things, isn't it? And your partnership alone, like shows how you're stronger together. Like you were saying at the beginning, you're stronger together than you are apart and you can create marvellous things like like the iPad network with it. Yeah, and, and I think really with, with our training providers, so we, we're we very lucky to have the training providers that we have. Um, we're we're near, nearly at 100 training providers now across the, the whole of the UK, Scotland, Ireland, um, and they're all delivering our, our qualifications. But actually what we provide to some of those training providers is that we provide them the opportunities because any other awarding organisation that there is, you have to have a certain amount of registrations, you've got to do a certain amount of, um, got to tick a lot of boxes where what we want to be able to do, and that's probably where our business has, uh, has flourished really, is providing those opportunities for those smaller trained providers that might only put through one student a year. That is absolutely fine, but we provide that support. They might, And then we've got some that put through 200 a, a year or 300 a year. But again, that support from that net from that network is is us as well as providing right okay what can you do we'll support as as let's say a small chain provider of right how do you market your courses and um what else can you do what what other areas can you infiltrate and it's say it's again it's having that opportunity for somebody that wants to wants to diversify their business and actually that those people we're real so again they can talk to us we've only got a small team but ultimately they are we feel like life coaches and business coaches sometimes be able to provide that support but ultimately that that's what makes us different that's what makes us different to other larger awarding organizations because someone can pick up the phone and say right okay Sarah I'm struggling with this what what can we do people will ring phone and say well okay how do I market this and we'll create marketing stuff for, for our chain providers and again it's just all of those little smaller things to help everybody succeed, really. Um, I think the key word there that obviously from what you just said there, Sarah, is opportunities. I think that um, being um, an entrepreneur, that's very much how I see myself. And um, and obviously we've got this fantastic partnership and it's a lot of, obviously between us, there's a lot of trusted things of I kind of go off and go, right, well, I would have gone do this. And then Sarah's like, oh, let's you know, <laughs> tidy it all up in the background. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, we are very, very different characters about how we do things. Yeah, absolutely. But those opportunities, I think it's, it's spotting opportunities and being able to embrace them. And I think that, people need to be able to give themselves those opportunities and that's something that um again feel very very passionately about is that sometimes i think that from the dog grooming world especially if you're a lone groomer you're working and you see lots of stuff on social media which is about oh go to this seminar go and do this and i think that you know obviously focusing on your core skill is absolutely essential because you know that's how you make your money of course it is but you've also got to look at them future proofing yourself and i think that very few people go through a career for you know 25 30 years these days there, there is lots of points that like i said before exit points things that change things that that can um evolve from that and i think that people really need to kind of look outside maybe necessarily the, the bubble that is just dog grooming to look at those other factors um you know that we, we're developing qualifications but it's it's really from experiences that other people bring to the table of that one thing that um that you know we do is a puppy socialization course for example and we've got um a dog groomer who's recently gone through that and done that 
qualification, who now is offering these sessions in her dog room and salon by moving the tables. And she is literally having puppies in the salon. She's got that qualification and she's created a whole new revenue stream, something that's totally outside the, the, the norm. And it's really, really, I'm going to say it's really good, but easy and nice money. So that little bit of socialization, that understanding about the environment is helping a grooming business. It's growing a current revenue. It's, it's doing everything it needs to do. But people don't necessarily think that I'm a dog groom. I need to know about puppy socialization. So actually, it's kind of like thinking a little bit more outside the box. And we've got another training provider who um, has started delivering our responsible dog ownership uh, qualification. And that is actually pulling owners in. So you've got this huge customer base, you know, 200, 300 owners. And by putting a course on in, in your salon on a Sunday, you know, sometime that, you know, it, it's not a normal time, um, actually, educating the owners making your life easier when it comes to grooming actually we're going to talk about what you need to do for your pet but also the wider things and you'd be shocked at how many owners don't know you know the countryside code Mm -hmm. and and their responsibilities because actually the legislations are massive around dogs but actually even as dog groomers sometimes we only know the the key ones but there's so much more to it and actually that's really interesting but again it's a revenue stream it's something on top so when we kind of say training providers Often people think of um, dog, you know, dog grooming schools, maybe bigger setups, and that's not necessarily the case. That actually, you can join the iPet network and be a training provider um, of of smaller qualifications. You know, th- there's lots of opportunities there, and this is where we want to kind of help those people create those opportunities because. I feel that that's how probably I came into being in, into this world. I found that. Um, because I was a small business, actually accessing opportunities through other organizations was was really hard. And I, I you know, I, I can sort of sit my hat down and say, well, actually, they missed out on somebody like me. And we don't want to do that. We want to embrace people that are willing to, to do something a little bit different. And again, offer all that support that we can. Yeah, I remember I went to a, a grooming show and I, I did a, a talk and it was basically I'm going to, you know, teach you or, or speak to you about how to make more money without grooming dogs you know and they're like well but we're dog groomers how how can we do that but this is exactly it isn't it it's diversification of your business and when I speak to a lot of pet groomers that are burning out they're overwhelmed with work um and you say well what's your diary look like and they're like well you know eight to ten dogs a day grooming like full grooms clip-offs I'm like what about your Labradors well I don't do any Labradors but they're like an easy bath and brush yeah it's not just about clipping off dogs day in day out diversification with like like you're just saying and you've you've introduced courses that i've i didn't know you did as, as well so it's really useful but with we're, we're now wanting to bring people into this industry to create a career yes so, and you're yeah. not going to have a career shaving dogs day in day out no. you're going to burn out aren't you you need Absolutely. to have diversification in your business and that's really probably where we're at with with um the dog grooming say taking dog grooming as a as a as a center fold really that is the nucleus of the learning everything else we've got loads of other qualifications whether it's going into more um shampoo conditioner skin coat hand stripping um you can actually then go on to do a a, a level four qualification we're the only ones in the industry that've got a, a specific level four dog grooming qualification so again it's and again, what that opens up, well, actually, it, it's more about breed standard uh, learning. Um, actually, then when you bring that quality client in, when you bring those breeders in, and actually then you can charge more because actually you've 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 demonstrated you've got that that higher skill level. And, and again, it is all about, I suppose, 
putting yourself out there as well and like like Finn and I went to a networking event because we're part of the chambers um uh chamber of Commerce. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, we met somebody that lived down the road from, from me, didn't know she existed. She's in it to canine and equine um high therapy and physiotherapy. Um, she's just launched a brand new app to help um sort of the veterinary sector. And it's like already that was somebody that we didn't even know existed. Literally, she lives five doors down the road from me, and there's lots of synergy there. And actually, we can help support each other from Mm. creating the qualification her current consultant to be able to consult on the new qualifications so again it's putting yourself out there to be able to say yeah if I do this if I do the level four for instance then actually I'm going to have to speak to different people I'm going to have to speak to different clientele it opens doors because you've 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 pushed yourself to get there and it and again it can be it can be daunting and obviously there is monetary value attached to it but um Again, I think it's yeah having that bigger picture and thinking yeah like what what can that, like you say in the career the career paths we do a lot with apprentices now we're we're an endpoint assessment organisation as well for for five standards all animal related, um, but again in our businesses from from a four paws point of view we've we've employed apprentices for fifteen years so we want to be able to have that that career progression we want to give and say we've, we've had a, a new girl start this week in one of our salons she's had all of our cpd courses she's she'll have access to a lot of resources and again it's building that career and that future career it's it's not just seen as you're a dog groomer because actually you've got stuff to do with responsible yeah. dog ownership you've got stuff to do with health and safety you've got stuff to do with the ins and outs of skin canine nutrition and say we, we, we've just thought, launched a lovely lovely uh, level two canine nutrition course and it's the it's the fundamentals of stuff well actually that will give you the confidence to speak to owners to be able to build that rapport build that yeah. relationship charge more stock because- some treats that you know something about that you can actually advise on correctly as to their nutritional yeah. value and it, it is it's just it's looking out outside your realms and I think that, that sometimes I don't know, even just sitting there, I'm thinking actually that probably just creating that list that you just said, you didn't know that we did those things. Well, actually, maybe those examples are what we probably need to get out there a little bit more as to, yeah, absolutely. This is this is what you could do to diversify your business by being a training provider with us. This is this is our opportunities. But equally, if you study and do on the courses, these are then your opportunities. And I think that, yeah, just, just looking a bit further than than what's right in front of you. And I and very much worry about people who are going to be grooming 10 dogs a day for 20 years. It's, it's you know, I've got a bad back. We were laughing before we came on that I've been camping and, and stuff. But I know that probably some of that was probably poor lifting um, of large dogs. It, it's yeah. bound to be. So, you know, it's got to be something that you do then look after yourselves. No, it's all right. And diversification will not only, well, one you know, you have a lot of groomers close their books. They have the same customers come in month after month after month. But diversification starts to open your your business to all sorts of new people. Like when we added teeth cleaning, for example, to our business, we suddenly get started getting lurcher owners coming in. They don't come in for a groom; they just come in for teeth cleaning. So yeah. again, it's like that diversification opens us up to a, a new tranche of customers. Cat grooming, new tranche of customers, people you'd never have attracted before. So. That and then you've and then you're starting to look at a, the puppy socialization. That's a whole like bunch of customers that you've never like come across before, and it just uh, you can probably tell it it keeps that excitement going oh, yeah, in your business. Yeah. Your eyes light up because your brain starts like thinking, "I've got all this. I could do this. I could do that. I could do this." Yeah, absolutely. 
pull you in a bit and say, right, do one thing at a time. Yeah, or- that's Sarah to me. Because I am <laughs> like, yay! <laughs> but you can see probably in my eyes, like, oh, we could yeah. do this, we could do that. Yeah. And, you know, and Absolutely. It, uh, it starts to get the, the cogs turning, which if you've been in grooming dogs for 10 years and you're losing the love for your business, losing the love for your your career and it's a great career to be in and I was saying this to a groomer the other day who was a bit lost and I'm like you've got a skill that you can take worldwide not just UK wide obviously there's a few restrictions now after a certain vote but you know you've got a skill that you can take worldwide now you can go and we know we've got pet groomers that travel around the world demonstrating um, grooming and stuff so and she was like I never thought of that I never thought I had a skill that I could take you know, it's like plumbing. It's like electricians. It's like all, all yeah. those manual labor skills. You can go worldwide with it. Yeah. So, you know, the grooming industry is a great industry to be in. But if you're feeling a bit like, oh, fed up with it, then we need to explore these sort of extras. Absolutely. And I think that one of the keys there, are what you just said about being worldwide. So the, the difference between... Um, uh, IPET Network as an awards and organisation, we are regulated by Ofqual. Now, what we've found, again, coming into this, um, it was sort of a fresh pair of eyes. Um, really, each sort of country has their own regulation body who um, governs their qualifications. And to be able to really transport from country to country, different regulations are, re- are sort of required and different things. So actually by having that, that really does rubber stamp you to go to all the places. And we found that some of that sort of travel sector um, allows for that if you've got a regulated qualification. And um, we've had uh, a lot of groomers from Hong Kong coming over to, to train with one of our training providers because um, there is, again, um, a, a synergy there, but that actually there's a part of a visa process. And again that really kind of opens those doors for doing that so it's been really really fascinating to learn that but also to like you say see the opportunities that are out there are just huge absolutely huge mm. and again we, we've currently got at our four paws um school a lady from tunisia who's traveled from tunisia to come and train to get and they'd be they say we've got the cat grooming qualifications we're the only ones that've got the cat grooming qualifications say she's she's flying back at the end uh, end of the month but she's come to us she's staying over she's doing the training uh, and then she's going back to to Tunisia to be able to to say do those skills over the service, yeah, yeah absolutely and, and again, it's somewhere that wouldn't naturally feel that they would have a market for it potentially I, I don't know but um clearly it's, it's an upcoming area over there as well Imagine that the UK being the main uh, the main place to go for pet grooming qualifications and experience. That would be quite definitely. Quite definitely. That'd, be, yeah. that'd be a feat, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. The podcast goes out internationally, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, come come on over. Yeah. Yeah. We have a map, but you know, like where people have come from and stuff. So it is. It's, it's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> yeah, getting that name out. Brilliant. So. Um, Obviously, like when I, I did a podcast with Jason Greystone, and he's very much like you take you take a subject and you you do it better, and you've got a business. So that's very much what you said um, at the very beginning, wasn't it? You saw you saw you came into the industry, looked at what was going on, and thought I can make that better. And that is just how business is, isn't it? That's how business grows. So no, well done to you, and well done for recognizing that that entrepreneurial sort of spirit, as it were, going forward. So. When people, um, let's talk about signing up as a, a training provider with yourself. So there might be people listening um, to this that are pet groomers and they're interested in opening up a training school. What's the criteria and how do they go about um, looking at becoming an iPet provider? 
Yeah, really, it's it's three steps. It's making sure that so each qualification has got an eligibility to deliver and dependent on the subject topic um, depends on what the eligibility is. Uh, so essentially, you have to be um, have so certain qualifications as well. Yeah. yeah, so that might be you have the level three diploma in dog grooming if you want to become a tutor in dog grooming, but that you could hold the City and Guild, you could hold OCN, you could hold AIM. It's making sure that the criteria is met. Um, all of our tutors are, um, as a minimum, as, has have got the level three award in adult education so again that's really important for us to actually make sure that the tutors that are on board are achieved or working towards that that overall again it's that continued learning because again coming in the industry it's surprising how people that are teaching haven't even got level three or or they haven't got a, sort of an educator's type of qualification and that's really important for us to understand for them to understand roles and responsibilities how people learn especially in the animal sector as well um and then again you can have experiences with that as well so again as long as you meet those criteria um for the qualifications and this is where we do have chain providers that will start with the dog grooming but ultimately then they'll do the the nutrition or with another training provider or they will do all the qualifications with the with our network and actually then obtain that 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 knowledge uh, and then then be able to deliver that themselves so again there's always because we've got so many trained providers that deliver all the whole range of say i think we've got nearly 40 qualifications now in total um so everybody can learn from each other in the network which is really lovely um and then effectively you have to have make sure your policies and procedures are in place and again we support um we've got a, a brilliant eqa team external quality assurance team that helps support you through that process again when we when we first was a, a training provider it was like here's here's the here's the criteria you go away and create 30 policies or whatever it was at the time about malpractice, maladministration, appeals processes, et cetera. Um, so again, that can really be quite overwhelming, really. Yeah. And what we try and do is take some of that pain point out of it by actually, you know, offering support around it. Because I think that, again, looking at those opportunities, if you have never done, um, a, a been a training provider and offered any regulated qualifications, it really is where on earth to start. And I think yeah. that that's where that, you know it's it starts with filling a form out and then we help you through the rest yeah that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> a form out, seeing which qualifications you want to deliver do your policies and your procedures and then we do a, a, an audit and again it, it is a partnership and it, it you, you do come part of the, the network and again we want we want the students to be safe and we want the, the um we want the trained providers to be safe when they're doing their teaching so we'll make sure that obviously that everybody is is covered and and then you're approved and then it's the it's we have a, a real three to six months sort of induction process in being able to make sure that because with the systems you need to be trained on we have an e-portfolio system again i think the key thing that makes us a little bit different than other awarding organizations is that where we can depending on the subject but i'd say 95 percent of them are we provide um the workbooks we provide the assessments we provide the resources um so actually there isn't um because again this is probably where the standardization and the quality aspect comes in there's other awarding organizations that will say this is the qualification criteria here's the outcomes and the uh, um the, the criteria and then you've got i don't know say 60 um statements and then the training provider then has to go and build 
stuff around to, to deliver that. Um, so what we what we try to do is we we do create the workbook. So then the learn every learner has got the same question. So then it's hopefully the the, the quality of the answer should be the same. Um, the assessments are very clear. So again, say some tra- other AOs they say it's up to the train provider to create an assessment, and those assessments could be four or five different different to each awarding organisation or, or each training provider actually not awarding organisation. So you could go to the same. You could go to four different training providers and they've all got four different assessment methods. So it's like we provide that assessment method. So it's really clear when you are teaching that, you know, exactly what is required. And then we provide the resources as well. So this is probably where the the qualifications do take us a little bit longer to build. But ultimately, we know then the, the student has got a real solid platform of of learning again but this is when then the training providers bring their own usp element to it because they can then bring their experience their education part what's good and what's bad and what's been what they've experienced to be able to improve their delivery of the qualification um so we do say that is real real difference to any other awarding organizations and then we've got the e-portfolio system as well we all know how how difficult it is or how much it potentially costs to have an e-portfolio system. Um, so again, we have that opportunity. So all of our trained providers can use that if they want to. Um, and that just forms part of the, the package. Um, and again, in addition, we have experienced internal quality assurance. So we employ internal quality assurers. So again, most other awarding organizations will say, you go and find these people that uh, have got professional competence and got the qualification to be able to to audit the students work but we provide that service as well so again it is trying to take some of these barriers out for those smaller businesses that want have got oodles of experience but then haven't got the opportunities to be able to become trained training providers yeah it's it's knowing that route as well because again I'm listening to all this and I know I know exactly how this all works but I know that from somebody who's a total like not novice to the to the area it sounds like there's a lot and, and there is absolutely a lot but essentially there's a process that is the student is the learner you have your tutor who is your teacher you then have internal quality assurance who checks the teacher. You have external quality assurance who checks the checker, checking the teacher, checking the yeah. student. And, it, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely little process like that. But actually what we try and do is we try, we big, um, that's what makes us different. Like Sarah said, we have these people who are with us, who we are only a small team. People, you know, you get to know who who those people are and how they work and all of the kind of, it's it really is a, a, a partnership and how, how we want it to be is that actually we're the, the most approachable that we can be and that if you're not sure about something you can come and ask that question because it, it is a lot you are talking educational pieces which are not just you know I've decided I'm just going to tell you all about you know um how to grow tomato plants it this is regulated this is from the government who makes sure that that what we're doing is is good and correct so it's not it's not I'm going to say it's not hillbilly it's it, it there is a there is a process about that the quality assurance is strong um but that equally makes it something to be extra proud of because when you've achieved and I think that sometimes in the industry there's always the the, the do you need to be qualified all of those kind of uh, questions but actually the pride in that comes from the, those levels of of quality assurance and the number of people that have to examine your work to get that diploma in dog grooming is phenomenal so anybody that has got it has absolutely achieved something which you know as an industry we really need to recognize and go that that is definitely where it's at 
like with anything, then what practices people do can be very, you know, substantially. But equally, it's a starting point for for that sort of health and safety measure. But also for that for that business to grow, we have people that come and train in our training schools who are wanting to be self-employed. They're wanting to start their own businesses, and I feel it would be it would be wrong of us to sort of take the money and say, actually, we're going to set you on your way without kind of touching on that business side of things. And that's one of the reasons that we put it into the qualification in the first place. Um, and, you know, and it's definitely something that can be expanded on because there's just so much to cover in such a short amount of time. But the, the key for me really is, is that we don't want our students heading out the door saying that, you know, I'm going to groom a dog for 20 quid because that's not going to get you where you need to be in your life. As we know, the, the cost of everything is just massive at the moment. And if you've kind of not set your prices, um, then you, you need to kind of like look at that again and I, I did have that recently that actually um a competitor had taken our price list off one of our grooming salons and put it on their own and it, it failed to change the logo which is always what I'm frustrated <laughs> but um but actually I, I actually messaged and I kind of said uh, you know the prices are the prices but are they your prices because you've got to look at what your overheads are and how how things are for you and not potentially look too much at what those are doing around you. Because I think that's sometimes people can fall in that rut of, I see it all the time, how much are you charging for a cockapoo? No, that's not how you work it out. Um, you know, I don't know, Bill, that's one of yours as well. But, yeah. you know, it, it, we want to try and tackle that in you know, from from the start, really, to make sure that people are heading out if they're doing those qualifications, that they are fully equipped, not only with the skill to groom, but also then um, to actually, to, you know, start operating the business, but also signposted to the right people. So I'm going to give you a shout out there, Bill, because I do think I read your little strap line before we came on about, you know, changing the dog grooming industry one business at a time. Love that because I think that there's there's so much that can be done to to really help people. Yeah, and, and top tip here, anyone that's starting out, try and find one of my clients and copy their prices. That's how you do it. Yeah, whatever you think it is, double it. Double it. <laughs> yeah, over the shop, we're like, oh my God, they charge how much? Yeah, but yeah it is, you know, um, £20 grooms are not going to make for a stable or sustaining career, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know... Um, what kind of qualities, if someone approached you and said, right, I've been grooming for five years, I'm really interested in in uh, becoming a training school, what kind of qualities would you sort of say they need or looking to develop within themselves to be able to teach uh, teach people? Because dog grooming is hard, teaching people patience. is bloody hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely patience. And again, it, it comes with the passion. If you've got somebody within the industry and that's what they want to be able to do, they want to they want to be become good educators and and have that that passion in the industry, share their knowledge. Um, it it is key for me. Um, and obviously the qualifications that has to back that up. But ultimately, yeah, it's it's patience. It's it's want, wanting the best for the industry because we all want the best for the industry. And I think. Um, I'm going to say compassion and realization, like re reality checks on things, because I think that sometimes um, it can be quite, you know, seen, oh, they've just got their qualification and they're doing this and it's, it's not good enough or whatever. But I think that actually you've got to appreciate that everybody has to start somewhere. And I think that that for me is having that that compassion, that empathy for people as well as animals, because the people who start to, you know, want to train to do any new skill, whether that is dog grooming or whether that is learning about, um, you know, owning a dog whatever that is is it's it's 
understanding that, that that person is putting themselves out there and that they, they they're there because they want to do better so I think that having that that compassion to actually support that person and people will all be at different levels and I think that that's sometimes I think that reality check that actually yeah, yeah you, you you know people's skill levels are very very different so I think that yeah definitely definitely for those things but I think that as, as, a, as an educator, like Sarah just said, that if you have that passion for it and you want things to be better, you will not only invest in other people, but you'll also invest in yourself with with those skills too. Yeah, it's developing yourself, isn't it, as a trainer? And I've got I've got some clients who have been have recently become first time employers and have gone down the apprenticeship route, and they've come to me and said, "Oh, they they don't know how to do this, that, and the other." And it's like. It's just about lowering lowering that expectation a bit. It's like they're, they're, they're young apprentices. You're there to sort of teach them all of this, you know, and that's the that's the role of the apprenticeship. So you've just got to lower that expectation a little bit and and set start from the bottom and work their way up. Yeah. And I think that even just when you just said their life skills, that, that that's something that, you know, that, that it, it doesn't spell it out in the apprenticeship standard. But what you're actually going to be doing as an employer is really showing that person those life skills of the, actually the consequence if you don't turn up on time. You know, the, the, there isn't really a consequence in school. You might get a bad mark. It, it's not real. But actually, if you've then got clients waiting at your door and you're 10 minutes late, well, you've lost your client and that's your your revenue for the day. Then teaching those life skills down to even... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it with my kids at the moment. Money is becoming such a, a, you know, a thing of the past that actually that they, I am having to go through and teach them change to actually show what the coins are. Because even as an 11 year old, she's got a debit card that she taps, you know, and that, that doesn't work. Again, when you're going to be going and getting your Saturday job, you know, serving ice cream or doing whatever you're doing, then you need to be able to, to do those things. And I think that the apprenticeship, like you say, needs to, the, the expectation is, is a brilliant word for it because you are setting that person up for, for their life. Their life may not be grooming, but I think that that's where I'm personally very proud that I've employed over 100 apprentices in the last 15 years. And, you know, and some of those have gone on to carry on working with animals. Some of them haven't, but hopefully been a very strong, positive influence in their lives in that period. Um, and that they've taken something out of it, which they can carry forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so passion, patience, empathy and uh, reality checks. Yeah. yeah. And honesty as well. You've got to be, you, I suppose yeah. you've got to be happy to say to people, look, you're not yeah. doing this right. Well, yeah, and I, I literally just had a, a conversation this morning with one of our tutors and it, it, it is that honesty at that point. There's no point them, the students getting to day 25, day 30 and they can't pass the assessments and that's probably one key from, from a four-port point of view, the, the quality, obviously your name is attached to that person leaving in that industry and that should hold a, a, a place of pride. And But it's having that honest conversation right early doors at like day five, day 10, having that consistency, having those reviews, having that, right, how do you feel like you're getting on? Because it it, it does, it is difficult. It is difficult having those difficult conversations and having those honest conversations, but ultimately that is going to help them progress further um, we need to identify those learning those learning issues there might just be a different way that that element needs to be taught and that's re- really from a from an educator point of view is understanding those those variances because not everybody learns the same and so we always in our older school is always laugh and just say the penny drops at, at a certain particular day mm-hmm. the penny does drop does drop 
but we need to make sure that we're giving them the guidance at that point. Um, but as I say, being honest, if they're not at that level, but well, what can we do? And here, here are the solutions, because there's always solutions. And that might be getting more experience to go into a, a rescue centre or um, go and work in industry or, or just do some more training, because it only takes a, a few more days or whatever else for that something just to go, I get it now. And, um, and again, it is a new skill right away from younger apprentices up to people that are changing career we have lots of nurses teachers police come to, come to four fours and it's 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 a whole new learning experience so whether you're 55 or 60 and and again it's even getting to grips with the it everything is a school day mm-hmm. every day for, for all of us and say i'm just writing a, a pet bereavement um pdr uh, course pdr course and it's like every day is a school day i'm learning about stuff all the time whether that's communication um yeah yeah. written communication verbal communication everything there's always something each day that you think I could use that and that's um yeah and I think as an educator you've got to be passionate about yeah if if Um, I was if I was running a training school I would want them I would want the people to go away and when they're at a grooming conference or you know where did you go and train you say oh I'm a Bill Betts groomer and they go oh brilliant you know, yeah. when I was when I was in the police, I, I would mentor um, new new officers coming in, and we always had the mentors always had this like reputation. You always wanted them to say, "Oh, Bill Betts mentored me," and they're like, "Oh, okay, you're a good egg." Yeah, because you always yeah. knew other people, and they're like, "Oh, okay." But <laughs> that's what you want to strive for, don't you? Like, absolutely. I'm- I'm yeah, a Bill Bates groomer. I'm a Sarah yeah. groomer. Yeah. You know, you want that name to be out there, and, and that passion as well. It's like we we have students that will come back to to me because obviously when I when I was teaching full time, it was like they've got um, two grooming vans, they've got a salon, they've got employees, they've been going for four or five years, absolutely still loving it. And so when they come to us and say we've we've got a couple of students, we're doing a, a show at Edition Dog Live. Um, at the end of August and we've got apprentices come in we've got ex-students coming because they're proud of what they've achieved what they've and, done, they, yeah. and, and they want to showcase it as well and and the likes of um Abby Toogood say she she's a prime example of came to teach train um at, at Four Paws um I was the tutor just chugging <laughs> it out there um but again she she has gone on she's done the competition she gained more skill because again it is it is the start of the process and that's the key you no one can that's that reality check yeah, <laughs> that reality check yeah it's like you, they're not going to be show groomers or competition groomers after 25 days 30 days 35 days or whatever it may be and it's like it's that continued passion for yourself as well to be able to say this is where I can go this is what I can do um I can learn more about this subject and uh, yeah and, and constant learning and then you can you can yeah the sky's the limit really okay, anywhere yeah so there'll be uh hopefully there'll be um people that are listening to this or watching this and uh, thinking I'm, I'm really interested in the industry i'd love to come into the industry or they're, they're searching out for a um a training provider what what would you say to them um to bring come into ipet why would they why would you say come come and use an ipet training school I think that really just about about how those schools have been checked beforehand and, and what the, the processes that they have had to go through to be able to to be able to deliver and also the support that we are offering in the background. I think that they're kind of the key measures. But hopefully, actually, that that 
you know, we hopefully are well known in the industry as being the pet people. We are the ones that do understand how things, you know, evolve. Sarah and I were first ones to, to kind of write a qualification that recognised crossbreed um crossbreeds in dog grooming which obviously they've been around absolutely donkey's years and and now we know cockapoos are our bread and butter so it's it's being with us hopefully shows that we're quite forward thinking we're quite um innovative in the industry and that's what you get through our training providers you get people who are like-minded who are able to to showcase their skills but also it's that they they are all educators um and that's something that we are incredibly passionate about and i think that if anybody is thinking that they would like to start you know at some point becoming a training provider um i would say just get in touch with us now because we can point you in the direction of uh, we actually have a, an educators award that really is, is your kind of your first step so whether that's that you think in training provider two three years down the line get that under your belt now there's nothing stopping you if you've got some time you know you can do it in the evenings it can be done remotely there's lots of opportunities there but i think it's getting those those skills in before you desperately need them is is always advisable isn't it you know so if you can just if you've got a little bit more time on your hands and you can stretch that knowledge we have the educators course and then that would be opening up your training provider abilities down the line and i think with the qualification build as well as they we put so much um passion and also we, we go to so many consultants for our qualifications they are new they're not five years old they're not 10 years old they have they go through constant reviews and constant improvements and I suppose that is probably the difference where we are because we are a small awarding organization if something's not working right well we can do something about mix it. it up yeah, yeah. absolutely and, and I think again that we put so much effort to make sure that the statements are right the criteria is right that it's actually it's 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 a real qualification that is relevant yeah relevant meets all the needs of the industry the learner and the training providers because actually that is that is what we've gone through a six month process to be able to get to that point. And we've had three or four consultants look at it. And again, all very specialists and say we, we do so many qualifications. I think, again, like you've said, Bill, look at look at the website. You can search by qualification, search what we've got, because, again, we've got 40 now. We started just with three. So it's like there's a lot that we've we've evolved. And we say we, we're now going into the uh, equine as well. Um, so and then you can look at training providers in your area. You can search by um by area but again go all I would say for any student go and have a look at your training provider speak to them that they all offer something different they're not all the same so if you want a one-to-one training provider then go look at what services they offer because that might suit your learning better four pause is a busy salon uh, a busy school but we thrive from it because we've got lots of peer-to-peer learning and that's what we do so again it's just not one fits all because we're all different we're all human and we all learn differently so again it's it's having that having those options and and make sure you just come speak speak to them face to face or or over teams because again that's yeah again us being approachable that if you're thinking about becoming a training provider you are you can find Sarah and I quite easily on Facebook you know and we do get people just message us uh, message us directly about it just for an informal kind of you know ask and chat because you know that we are we are real people we want to really support people so if, if you anybody does want to get in touch more than welcome to drop us a message and where they're gonna uh, you're always at the grooming shows Where's, what's the next one you're going to be at so we're at Edition, Edition Dog Live at the end of August and then we're at Groomfest, Groomfest. in September. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. And then our big one is we we love Crufts. Like I, I have to say that we've we've had a stand there now for over a decade. And Crufts is always the big one because for us it's it's just a lovely opportunity to get together and see people. And um, with it being Birmingham, it's quite central and there's obviously lots going on. So uh, we always have a, a good time at Crufts. Yeah. <laughs> Back there again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got I've got a hotel booked for Crufts. So good, uh, good. Saving up, saving up. I feel as I missed out a little bit last year and not having yeah. a stand. Uh, are you going to have a stand? Well, I had a stand with Vicky the year before, and then yeah. um, I didn't have a stand last year. Uh, but this year, sorry, I get my years mixed up. Yeah, but yeah. It feels like I missed out a little bit. Yeah. Oh, do it because I have to say that for, for me personally, I just love seeing everybody in one place but with all the dogs being there as well like all the different breeds even as somebody who has been in this industry for a long time you see something you're like oh I love those you know you don't see them very often or um and and equally we all like a a little glass of fizz to have on the stand too so just chucking that out there four four o'clock's at the stand they're always fun (laughs) so glad you've got a hotel (laughs) Sunday is 11 yeah absolutely (laughs) so if I was a if I I was uh, a teacher on my school holidays and uh, thinking I've had enough of this career um where do I go to sort of find out more about becoming a, a pet groomer with iPet yeah just head to the website I think that's the the, the easiest point head to the website www.ipetnetwork.co.uk and um we've got some guides on there about actually how to become a dog groomer the routes through that and obviously there's some details then around the qualifications it'd be then back to like sarah said finding the training provider you can search by area but equally we, we never kind of say you search by area to try and find your closest although that might be the most convenient um sometimes that you can look a little bit further afield to find the perfect training provider for you uh, and we do get people that will travel for that for example we have um, accommodation at four paws in cheshire uh, we don't in herefordshire and kent but it just depends on people's individual circumstance so i think that what we try and do is is give people a, a broad option around all the different training providers and the details are all on the ipad website yeah and i think you're right in find, finding somewhere that suits your learning needs because like you said a busy salon can be good because you can get in the vibe you can see how a salon works but then you might not learn as much if you don't um thrive off that sort of busyness so then yeah. you've got one-to-one um providers yeah. as well don't you so, absolutely absolutely yeah and there'll probably be a cost difference in that is what i was just saying is that really again from people's business points of view um the cost for a training course will not be the same across each training provider. We don't tell them how to set that. What we actually say is that you need to, again, price to your business and your business model. I would expect that if I was doing one-to-one training, it would be considerably more than if you were in with, with multiple people. So I think that that's, again, just another consideration. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little bio of each training provider as well. So you can sort of get a feel to and a link to their, their own websites as well from, from the iPad Network website. So you can always sort of read their experience and... and again what they specialize in and, and you might if you've got a poodle you might want to go to a, 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 the likes of Kirsty uh hunt up in, in newcastle way because she she everybody knows that she specializes in poodles and you might make that effort to go up that direction or or across the water to our chain providers in 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 ireland as well because they've all got all got their own um, their own niche specialties yeah absolutely yeah i think the cat grooming was saying about cat grooming traveling for that um we've got Heidi down in um in London there who's doing the cat grooming and she's absolutely smashing it because obviously it's London based there's lots of, of pets and cats uh, around there as well so she's actually set up a separate salon 
just for cat grooming, uh, which I just think is wonderful because that really just showed the incline in the uh, in the market and that it's an opportunity and that diversification success. So, yeah, um, that's, yeah, that's probably something that you want to expand your cat grooming network. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. They say we're yeah. the only ones that have got a regulated, um, aqua regulated cat grooming qualification. So, yeah. like like we've done with dogs, it's yeah that we ultimately we want to be that that awarding organisation of choice for anybody that wants to get a pet related qualification. And actually, the forefront is iPet because that's that's what we specialise in. And and then our training providers obviously have to they come on the journey with us and that they're 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 ultimately the, the key to all of this because it's their delivery their quality that are out there but yeah we want to be that awarding organization of choice for anybody that yeah. wants to do that and we're networking so busily in the background that um, obviously we're trying to like, do things like this to try and just get that out there for our training providers as well for, to actually encourage people about where to look into to, to really hold iPet network as, as a strong choice when you're looking at those qualifications or as an endpoint assessor for apprenticeships because we do want to be the, you know for the sector and we really do want to support everybody and I think that one of the great stories um, I've just mentioned Heidi's name there but I joined um, the British Isles Grooming Association and that was a, a great opener door opener for me is that I met loads of people through that and equally through the groomer spotlight Stuart and Julie have been absolutely wonderful and supportive about our journey but also that hopefully we're also giving back and looking at ways that actually that we can support those that have potentially only got um you know not the right qualification that the spotlight requires and looking at ways that we can actually support those with a fast track version and we're doing lots of things like that to try and to try and keep the momentum going forwards so we're uh this where can you see IPET in five years' time? Uh, I'm thinking IPET International. Have you ever, have you thought of that? Well, so the I is <laughs> is international. International. <laughs> international pet education and training is yeah. what it stands for. But yeah, ultimately, we we I suppose our vision, our goal is all to do with the environment. I think that's probably where our our biggest so conservation, environmental, horticulture animal care i think all all something to do with we've, we've left everything to do with the earth because yeah, we're, the world natural world yeah, yeah. We're, we're all very passionate people about animals yeah. yeah um so yeah so again dogs and cats was the the, the starter i think world domination <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely definitely awesome well thank you for joining us thank you for um giving up your time to, to no it's been lovely thank you group and uh Hopefully people will come and see you at your live events or they'll come and check out your website. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Bill. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure you give us a like or a review to help people find it. The podcast is sponsored by Lowpay. Head over to www.lowpay.com to find out more about their payment solution.